When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. And folks, today, um, I mean, most of you that are listening uh, are most likely not from huge enterprise organizations. You're probably from some, something a little bit smaller than that, uh, either a solopreneur or an entrepreneur that's got a mid-sized company um, that you're uh, looking to, to uh position for sustainable success. And that idea of sustainable success is something that I wanted to touch on in today's episode. Uh, my guest today uh, had him on my office hour show with David Meltzer uh, some time ago. And I was really intrigued with what he's up to and how he's actually positioning, you know, what I'm calling sustainable success. Um, yeah, he, he runs a marketing agency, but it's it's more than just a marketing agency in the way that you would think of a marketing agency. So I want to just kind of shape, yeah, shape your listening here a little bit. I want you to listen in a different way to uh, what Andrew Fertrell has to say here. And this is my guest today, Andrew Fertrell. He's the founder of an organization, uh, like I said, a marketing organization called Mindset Marketing. They're based out of the uh, Detroit metro area. He founded this company uh, when he was 23 years old, and yes, they are rocking the world in their little part of the world. Uh, so, uh, Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me on. This is very exciting. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, you know, I want to just start with, you know, probably a, a softball <laughs> question, low-hanging fruit. How'd yeah. you get, I mean, I, I've spent a, a, a good chunk of my career in marketing. I used to be a, a part of an agency, uh, you know, early on in my career, I worked in advertising in the newspaper uh, uh, arena yeah. uh, with uh, display ads and, and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And it's a crazy world. Yeah, marketing yeah. is a crazy world. Uh, <laughs> you know, my undergrad work at the University of Oregon was in marketing. Yep. So how did you get into this crazy business? I'll just kind of yeah, start with that. It's interesting. Um, and, and I touched on it a little bit in our office hours uh, conversation, but we can kind of dive more into the details here, um, which will be cool because there, there really is a, a bit of a longer story to it. But um, to keep it concise, uh, I, I started fresh out of high school, 18 years old, working for an IT business. Uh, small business, 14 employees, uh, but they handled clients all over the world of all sizes. Um, their, their largest client was a, a you know, 10,000 employee business that was operating in 16 countries. Um, so they, they were all over the place, but they were just based out of a small city in Metro Detroit. Um, and while I was working there, I got uh, hands-on experience with uh, dealing with customers, customer advocacy and, and account management and things like that. But then I also got exposed to the technology. 
And so what my role ended up being uh, as I kind of evolved in my position there was helping out with new installations. We were selling phone systems, right? Uh And I started learning the technology and I got really, really good at explaining it uh, in layman's terms in a way that anybody can understand it. So this was a time where uh, your business phone system was now merging with internet. They call it VoIP, voice over internet protocol. Yep. V-O-I-P. Yep. Exactly. And so um, what I was doing in, in a majority of my job was to go in and train the end user on how to use this now phone system that's integrated with your computer. So now there are chat functions and you can chat with your, you know, your best friend at the office, or um, you can have your statuses like the old AIM days and, and, uh, you know, connect calendars and do all these cool features. You could answer your desk phone from your cell phone and all these new things that I thought were normal because I kind of grew up with all of it. But to everybody that had been in the working world and that this type of system is new to, I can see where the major learning curve would be. So that's what I spent a majority of my time doing. And it kind of unlocked a a thought in my mind that there's a lack of understanding about how this technology works. Uh And that's where I got into marketing. Um, And Around that same time, I found Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, started learning about Facebook advertising and the technology and the artificial intelligence behind it. Um, And I took that love that I had for IT and I put it towards the technology of marketing. Um, So I already had a a foundation of programming and and understanding how, uh, how to program a system to execute a specific task. And I just took that knowledge and applied it to marketing and psychology and um, all the things in, in that realm. Um, and, and I've kind of stuck in the local market. We have clients all over the place, uh, some in California, Chicago, uh, Texas, Las Vegas. So we're all, we are all over the place, but I've kind of stuck to local businesses um, because that's where I got my start. It was, yeah. I was working for a 14 employee business that did international business, you know, and it was very cool to, to watch that company grow into what it was. And so I have this, like this love for small businesses and wanting to help them get to that next step. Well, that, and that's, that's really one of the reasons I wanted to you know, have this conversation with you. Uh, Cause when you uh, named your firm mindset marketing, what yes. was going through your mind when oh. you came up with that, that moniker? So we, ha- we went through a couple name variations, um, but ideally, and, and people think about it when I come to uh, customers and prospects, they think about it from the aspect of basically uh, integrating, I, I think this is how David Meltzer took it as well, kind of integrating psychology into your marketing and creating that connection with the end consumer. So that's the, the main way that people think about it when they first hear the name. Um, the actual uh, thought process that I was going through, and I had a partner at the time and, and he helped, uh, I'll give him 60% of the credit, 80% of the credit. It was more his idea for the name. But um, what we were thinking about was helping tradi- traditional business owners you know, 20 year old businesses, 30 year old businesses, 50 year old businesses uh, go from the mindset of traditional advertising to the digital advertising landscape. Mm -hmm. And mainly that thought process behind 
you know, a TV commercial to produce the video content and then to distribute it on TV, just it's tens of thousands of dollars a month if you want to do it right. And now with this new Facebook platform or YouTube, there's a very easy way to get content out there. And it's way cheaper to hire the, the young kid with the camera that knows the editing software. So there's just a whole new mindset of how you can go about marketing. And we that's the, the thought process with mindset marketing is helping business owners create that shift from old school marketing to this new school stuff. Yeah. So that, you know. The, the, the marketing is about delivering a message. Okay. Yes. And, and it's very different than selling something. It's you know, about delivering a message right. and that message. And this is my vernacular for it. This is kind of how I think about it. The message that marketing can best serve for a business is to deliver uh, information about what the soul of that business is, that, that, that spirit that actually kind of differentiates it from any other competitor on the block. So when you're thinking of uh, mindset marketing and the way that you're describing it, how yeah. does the soul of business work into that? And I'll, I'll just preface that with, yeah, when you hear the term, the soul of business, what does that bring up for you? So it, it brings up a lot. And when you first mentioned it, uh, the, initially the thing that came up was in a marketing campaign because that's right where I go to. So, you know, thinking of my clients in a marketing campaign for my clients, what would that mean? And to get that across in video content or in any type of campaign, the thing that we try and show off on social media is the people, right? And I, I think that there was, uh, I, I genuinely do believe that in the corporate world, people tend to act differently than they do when they're at home and when <laughs> with their friends. And, and it's, there's nothing bad about it. I, I just, I, I know that that's the thing. I played the part. I, I went and, you know, I, I spent seven years suit and tie every single day. I'm looking over at my suits that I haven't touched in, in forever. Not yeah. that it's, a, again, a bad thing to wear suits, but um, I, I think that there's a, a difference between how people act at work versus at home. So what we try and do in content for our clients is we try and bring that personality because people connect with people at the end of the day. You know, if you're if you're selling a business uh, and, and you're a B2B company, how is Facebook marketing going to work with you? Well, it's social media. You know, you got to connect business to business, uh, person to person, not business to business. So that's what uh, my, that's where my head initially went um, mm -hmm. for mindset marketing. A lot of a lot of what keeps the soul in our business is the drive for curiosity. And I, I have, I've had a, a very long personal development journey so far in my life and very grateful for everything that's gone on and, and gotten me to where I am. But I have this immense curiosity and every team member that we bring in, mm -hmm. I try and pour that onto them as well and keep that, that curiosity and that drive and motivation to constantly learn and give that extra oomph of care uh, that you may not give if you're not as curious or you're not questioning things constantly. So you that's, know, that, yeah, I, I love that. I, lo I love kind of how you're positioning that. And I'm going to, yeah, you know, kind of you know, go into a personal domain here because, you know, you personal do. development, I have built my career, you know, since 1975 on 74 on, you know, personal development, actually before yeah. that back yeah, or late sixties. Um, and so that, 
tells you how old I am. Um, but you know, just thinking about this, yeah, Buckminster Fuller wrote a book. It's a tiny little book. It was one of the least known of any of his writings. Mm-hmm. And uh, the book was called I Am a Verb. Okay, I'm, a verb. I'm writing this down. Yeah, um, and it's a fascinating little book in the context of what it is that you're speaking about, curiosity. So, yeah, when you, you know, take the, the phraseology, I am, you know, whatever you append to the backside of that, you know, tends to be kind of the way that your world ends up looking and in, in, in what you inhabit is a consequence of I am. Right. Um, so b- the book that Bucky w- uh, wrote about and what he wrote about, and this is how he saw himself. He saw himself not as a noun. He saw himself as a verb, action. Yes. Uh, and he even you know, went so far as to say that God is a verb. Yeah, and God is not a noun. God is a verb. Yeah, or spirit is a verb. You can put it in that vernacular. So right. what I'm thinking about, and this is kind of where you, you got me going down a rabbit hole here. Um, yeah. For you, would it be safe to say that part of how you would define yourself, if, if I asked you, what's your verb? Would you land on I am, I am, how would you, how would you define that? What's your verb? That is a great question. That keeps you connected to life and living. Oh boy. Um, I'm going to struggle to put a word to it right now. <laughs> okay. That kind of well, caught me off guard. I love the concept. And, and it's funny because I have I am affirmations that I say every day. And, and the number one thing that comes to my head is I am grateful. That That's the, the one that I repeat all the time um, uh-huh. is just I am grateful. I am grateful. Yeah. I try and live with an attitude of gratitude at all times. Right. Um, and, and that kind of grounds me and, and, and keeps me kind of centered so that I can power through every day. Yeah. You know, we're going to, I'm going to ask this about mindset marketing too. What if the company had a verb, what would the verb be? And you know, the, the, the syntax on this, and this is the way that Bucky actually framed it in his book. Yeah. uh, He used Rene Descartes as an example. I think therefore I am. Exactly. Uh, Walt Disney. I, uh, I imagine therefore I am, Uh, you know, that sort of a thing. So, right. Yeah, for me, I mean, and I've spent yeah, a couple of years, you know, I mean, I'm, and no, this is not an easy question because you got to kind of <laughs> finesse. It's like I landed right. on about a year and a half, two years ago, actually about two and a half years ago. I teach, therefore I am. And this is different than a mission statement. Right. Me. Yeah, right. I teach. Teaching is an activity. There's a verb uh, in, in, embedded in that. So I teach, therefore, I'm, and why that's important to me is when I'm yeah, teaching, you know, like I know I'm doing that right now, yeah, to the listeners, right. your former listeners uh, uh, of this episode, I come alive. I absolutely start tingling. Yeah, it's kind of I, I can't sit still in the chair. I can't sit. I can't stand still on the stage. I roam the stage. It's I mean, all that kind of stuff comes into play. Yes, this is also true of a company. This kind of goes full circle back to tapping into the soul of the business. What is it that yeah, the company's a verb. What's the verb that keeps the company connected to that life, that that life affirming vibrancy that yes. makes it unique? Yes, and, and I don't know if I could put a verb to it right now. The the main things that come up, and I, I know that businesses are typically a reflection of their owners. 
And I, and I touched on this in the office hours episode as well. I just have this immense uh, moral code that I, I just have to give more than I take. And so if I, if I had to put any verbiage to it, it would be for mindset marketing specifically, it's I am valuable. I am give, I'm giving value, right? So something along those lines. Um, that, that's just what comes to my head right away yeah. for mindset marketing, just because that's, that's the goal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So and we're going to take a real quick break here. When we come back, I want to take this into the marketing domain you know, this, this, this topic. So how would you, so, you know, you know the question that I'm going to have you kind of wrestle with when we come back or play with, I hope the, uh, hopefully it's more of a play than it is a wrestle. Um, <laughs> if you were to take this concept of I am a verb to a client and work with them for their marketing, uh, yeah, uh, don't, yeah, in their marketing domain, how yeah. would you position that question so that it was consumed by their audience, by their potential consumer uh, in a way that reflected who they were. So I'm going to let you think about that. We're going to take a real quick break. Thank you. And when we come back, we're going to jump into that bucket and see where we end up. Perfect. You're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. My guest today, Andrew Fertrell, uh, the CEO and founder of uh, Mindset Marketing. We'll be right back. Well, I thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52 week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business. That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the leadership mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back folks. You're joining me on the Soul of Business, uh, and we are talking with Andrew Futrell, or we, I mean, that's not the royal we, I am talking to <laughs> Andrew Futrell, and you're listening. So we collectively are in this conversation. Andrew, before we took a break, uh, I had asked you to kind of think about how would you take this notion of I am a verb? Yeah, as an access point to the spirit of the company, the soul of the company, and have that be part of the marketing conversation with some of the, you know, with, with a you know, typical client. How, how would you kind of frame that? And what would you see some of the, uh, some of the components of that campaign potentially being? Yeah, so um, there, there are a lot of ways to go about it. Um, what, what we do in our process is, and I have videographers that are more the storyboarding 
type of guys. And th those would be the perfect gentlemen to speak to this, um, where I'm more technical and not as creative. So we'll see where I can get to. Um, at the end of the day, we have a, a series of questions that we ask every business, but we'll sit down with the owners and the employees. And we'll also sit down with a couple of their best case studies and their worst case studies. And we gather a bunch of content, interview style content around uh, things that have gone right, that, uh, that started off bad, things that started off good, that ended good or bad. And, and we try and get a full understanding of what this business is. Um, and what I would do is at the end of, because when, when you, uh, I, I have this phrase uh, that I found years ago, it takes three whys to get to the truth. And so when we're conducting those interviews and, and talking with the business owner, the employees and the, the customers, either someone with a good experience or a bad experience to hear how everything was handled, um, I would throw that question in at the end. And I would ask it exactly like that. And I would say, so if you had to describe this company in one verb, starting with the phrase I am and putting that label on this business, I think that everybody involved, whether it's the business owner, the employees, or the testimonial customers would be in a vulnerable enough state after a 15 minute conversation about one topic uh, to be able to give an emotional response, which is going to be the best verb that they can give, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I would probably just go through a series of questions that we would typically ask to open up that emotion and that personality and then mm -hmm. wrap it up with asking that exact question. Um, I, I, you know, what I like about that is you're, you're, you're the front end of that. You're playing into the patterned way that they are comfortable working with. You exactly. know, they're, they're hearing questions that they expect to hear that sort of thing. And nothing is going to happen and I say nothing is going to happen in a very specific way here. Nothing different is going to happen in terms of their thinking about the media uh, domain or that, that media world, that marketing world, until that habituated pattern gets interrupted. In the interruption, you've got a place to land something different. Exactly. So that question tacked onto the backside of it, you get, you know, they're, they're comfortable answering what they're comfortable with. They're kind of yep. going... I know how this is working. I know what's going on. And all of a sudden, this question from left field comes in and goes, what? Whoa. Right. <laughs> and yeah. And that changes the frequency of the conversation. Yes. And it, it kind of disrupts everything. But it also will get them. They're, they're already on that thought pattern of thinking about the business and about the things that have gone good and bad and, and each of those aspects. And then they're going to be able to now wrap that up in one clean sentence, one clean word. Yeah. And you know, what I like about it also is it's not linear. It's a quantum jump. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not leading somebody someplace. You are literally jumping from one consciousness state to a different consciousness state. And that opens up all different kinds of worlds. Exactly. Right. And, and there, yes, their mind stays open to because that's the thing, if you ask that question right away, or, or if it's even in the middle of, you know, our, our line of what I would call interview questions, you, you have to have a person in that emotional state first, 
And if you ask it too early or if you ask it in the middle, they're not really going to be at that place that you need them to. Like it could, you could say it after the second why, <laughs> and that's just yeah. too soon. You have to say it after they're in that uh, very vulnerable place and able to speak truthfully on what they're trying to portray. And that's, yeah. that's the big thing when it comes to, to marketing with business owners is everybody feels that they have to portray something rather than just portraying themselves and who they are and what they are and what their values are. Yeah. So you kind of have to unwrap that and get them to, to speak their truth. Yeah. And that is where the uniqueness is, is present. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. And it's, correct me if I'm wrong in my thinking on this, um, because you work with a lot of companies in this specific field. So competition is probably going to be the, uh, the watchword that you know, it's the metric. You know, how are we competing? Yes. How are we holding? All right. How are we doing against our, you know, competitor across the street yep and what that and i'm king of what you just said here you know they they stay locked in that facade about this is what it looks like to be in this area and there's the benchmark so yeah we but it's always organized around those questions those thought processes that way of thinking is organized around what is the existing status quo right and competition comes out of you know when you know the whole conversation around market share yeah, it's a conversation around scarcity. It's a, it's yes. presuming that the market is scarce. Right. It's not scarce. This market, there's nothing scarce in this universe. Not at all. And I I have a good analogy that I'll give to your audience. And um, I, this is not my analogy. I, there was a mentor that I had years ago that gave this. Um, but he he asked me a question once. He said, "When's the first time you bought a toothbrush?" And I said, well, I've been brushing my teeth since I was born. I've had toothbrushes my whole life. And he said, no, no, no. When's the day that you bought a toothbrush? Not your mom. Right. And, and I said, well, I, I moved out on my own at 18. So I was probably about 18 years old. And he said, so you were never in the market to buy a toothbrush before you were 18. But the day you turned 18, now you're in the market for a toothbrush as often as you need to buy a, to a new toothbrush. I said, well, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, I just one day when I moved out, now I'm buying toothbrushes for myself. Um, very logical. And he said, so you mean to tell me that every single day there's a new person that enters the toothbrush market that wasn't in the toothbrush market before? And it, it kind of, it opened up that, that thought pattern of, oh my gosh. And I take the same approach for, you know, the local roofing company or the local plumber or HVAC business. When you don't need a plumber, you don't need a plumber, but man, when you need a plumber, you need them right away and, and, and staff, you know? And so you might not be in the market for it at one minute, but then the next minute you are. And so the market's that's why I don't believe in scarcity that I take that same abundance mindset as you is because there's the, the market is quite literally shifting and changing in every industry every day. Yeah. You know, there's somebody and, new entering and somebody exiting. So. And, and, to, and to your point about being, you know, the, 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 this agency in Metro Detroit, you've got customers all over the, potentially all over the world. If you don't yep. now, you soon will have. Uh, right. if, that's in, if that's in your, you know, there's 7 billion people on this planet that are looking for a toothbrush. Exactly. Right. And, you know, and so, yeah, how do you get your toothbrush in front of them? Exactly. And that's all it is at the end of the day. And you can take that and you can apply it to any market. It, you know, uh, real estate is a, a great 
example as well. Today, I'm not a home buyer, but tomorrow I'm in the market to buy a home. And that's yep. going to happen as the market ebb, ebbs and flows, but it's also going to happen as I go through my growth as an individual human. And there are 7 billion of us. So yeah. every day there's going to be a new uh, generation of home buyers that are brand new that have never entered the market, you know? So yeah, it's, it's very cool to think about it that way and, and not from that scarcity mindset, but from the, uh, the abundance mindset. Yeah. So let's take that one step down the road a little bit further here. Yeah. We are right on the beginning of one of the largest transfers of wealth in the history of the world. As the baby boomer you know, generation you know, starts to you know, kind of go you know, wherever, wherever we're going to go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, I mean, yep. you know, the millennial, I mean, all yeah. the transfer of wealth is huge. Astronomical. What these people are going to be purchasing, how they're going to be purchasing, what they're going to be paying attention to, and how they resonate with marketing messages is fundamentally different than how I did when I was growing up. Right. Uh, I, I am very clear about that. I'm sure. Yes. How, how do you uh, take an existing, because you, know, you said back at the beginning here, you'll work with you know, small businesses, you know, mid-sized businesses have been around 30, 40 years in case, you know, some cases. Yep. How are yep. you working with them? Because these are legacy industries, legacy businesses that you know, have got history with my generation, my baby boomer generation, selling goods and services that I would be buying. Right. How are you getting them positioned to buy or to sell to a millennial? So a, a lot of it is honestly just bringing everybody up to the speed of, of 21st century technology. Um, mm -hmm. there, there are statistics, and I'm going to butcher them if I try and give them to you right now, but it's something along the lines of if you have an, an existence on Google and Facebook, you can be seen by 96% of the internet. Okay, so the, the average person, the average user, and there are 2 billion of them just on Facebook, but the average Facebook user spends two and a half hours on the platform every single day, right? Mm -hmm. So if you, if you have any sort of presence as even a traditional business, you're going to have eyeballs of people and there are ways to do it locally, yes, and, and all sorts of things like that. Um, another thing is, is with Google. There's a service called Local Service Ads, okay? Yeah. Just came out last year. It's brand spanking new. Um, anybody that owns a business that provides local services should be utilizing local service ads. It takes 15 minutes to set up. And what it's going to do is basically Google knows who's searching for something with the intent to buy. And so if I need a plumber fast, they know that I'm searching for that specific result. Um, yep. And what local service ads do is they just kind of bump you all the way up to the top and they're prompting the person to call you. Okay. Yep. Um, and so for any traditional type of business that's in the service industry where they're providing those local services, that's a quick, easy way. You don't have to be the, the Instagram influencer, right? You don't have to have a podcast. You don't have to do anything crazy, but just that one simple technique will bring in new leads to your business every single day of the age and, and uh, demographic of a millennial or a Gen Z or, or something along those lines. Um, so it can be extremely easy. It doesn't need to be anything intense. Now you can take it as far as you want, of course, but um, that's how we deal with uh, the old school businesses or the businesses that have been around for uh, 20, 30, 50, 80 years. Um, what I say to all of my peers 
and, and everybody that's going to be on the receiving end of this wealth transfer is to start looking at traditional businesses. And instead of going off and starting a new business, look at something, and, and this is something that I've been exploring for the past six months is the thought process of acquiring a business, mm-hmm. something that's cash flowing, something that has a history, a book of, of clients, uh, good customer service and, and processes and systems and things of that nature, um, and exploring that route. Because now they already have that history. And as a millennial, we can take it into the 21st century. We know how to update the website or, you know, run a Facebook ad or, uh, you know, turn on the local service ads or or different things like that. It it naturally has come easier to us. So that's what I say to my millennial friends is, hey, instead of going off and starting from scratch and and having the the hardest time on earth trying to start a business for the first five years. Yeah. If you're, you know, receiving some some money from this wealth transfer, then you need to look at acquiring a business that already exists, because yeah. that'll put you in an even better position. Personally, I think. I I think that is wonderfully sound advice. I, you know, it's a great way of I think coming to a close on the show here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a value add. Yeah, folks. So, I, you know, as, as you're listening, there it is. Yeah, there, there, yeah. that was, that was Here's the nugget. I was going to have one. I was going to have one good one this show. I promise. Worth the price of admission. Yeah. Where can people find out more about you, Andrew? Because I know that you also, you know, you know, you're very willing to come to you know, speak to groups, business groups, uh, that sort of thing about, you know, your ideas and how they can actually begin to think differently about, you know, their marketing process. So where, where can folks find you? Yes. So uh, our website is mindsetmarketingllc.com. You can find me on all social media platforms at my full name, Andrew Futrell. Um, And and I'm very responsive. You know, like you just said, I love speaking in front of groups. I love public speaking. Like you were saying earlier, when you're when you're teaching people, you're giddy and and just excited about the whole process. Um, So I'm the same exact way. I, I love being uh, on the teaching end of things and, and in front of groups. So uh, anybody that you know wants to talk marketing or business strategy or how to bring their business into that 21st century world, I'm here for it. I, I'd love to talk. Great. MindsetMarketingLLC.com. Andrew Futrell. And uh, that'll all be in the liner notes uh, when the show goes live. So uh, folks, you've been listening to The Solo Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am Blaine Bartlett. Uh, check out my website, blainebartlett.com. Uh, there's all kinds of resources there. I'm adding some new stuff right now. Uh, there's a very interesting leadership quiz that I've just put up on the uh, the website or is going up. Uh, it'll get there by the time this episode airs for sure. Uh, take that right. quiz. Take that quiz. It's a 60-second quiz. It'll give you some very interesting information about some of your leadership blind spots and what you might be able to do about it. So, that sounds awesome. I'm going to be checking that out as soon as it comes out. Okay, so uh, I appreciate it. I'll give you a gift. Um, <laughs> and folks, until next time, um, go out and be a center of distribution, not a center of, dis- uh, of uh, accumulation. You'll find that it makes all the difference in the world, and it makes the world a whole better place to live in. Take care, and we'll see you on the next episode.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.